Welcome to season two of Hashing Out the Law, the podcast where we discuss and hash out legal issues and our topics. I'm your host, Aya Shashemi. The COVID-19 pandemic has made everyone live and wicked life differently. One of the ways it has personally affected me is to look at my mortality and what will happen to my loved ones once I'm gone. So I decided to invite my friend Christina Malion to talk about estate planning. Christina is the founder and managing attorney at Malion Law. She educates her clients and the public about having important documents in place, such as a will, medical directive, and a power of attorney. She also assists families and businesses in protecting their assets from probate by drafting unique trust and comprehensive state planning documents. Christina is often invited to speak on the topic of state planning. In addition, she holds public and private seminars covering the importance of trusts, wills, medical directives, and power of attorney. I hope you enjoy, and be sure to check us out on youtube.com slash R-A-S-H-E-S-Q. That's A-R-A-S-H-E-S-Q. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Hashing Out the Law. I'm here with my very good friend, Christina, Christina Malion. I had Christina on last year on uh, the first season, and she was talking about accidents, do's and don'ts. But during this time, you know, everybody were going through this COVID-19 crisis, and everybody, including myself, has began to think about their own mortality and what's going to happen to their family when they're gone. And state planning popped into my head, and I thought, who better to talk about it than my friend Christina? So I invited her to talk to everybody about state planning. Hi, Christina. Hi, Arash. Thank you so much for having me again. Truly appreciate these uh, moments to be able to connect and uh, you know, give out some information. My pleasure, my pleasure having you on. Now, Christina, uh, I hope everybody in your family and yourself are doing fine and everything is going well. As you know, we're all going through the entire world, going through something that we've never gone through and mortality, our own mortality is, is now very, what's the right word? It's right in our face. Now, state planning popped into my head. Let's talk about state planning um, and what exactly it is, if you don't mind. Sure. So like you mentioned, it's very, um, it's a very hot topic right now. And my phone has not been, uh, you know, uh, it's been ringing off the hook. And a lot of people are being concerned because they're faced with the truth. And like you said, unless we're actually presented with uh, facts of reality, we don't really think about it. We always put it on the back burner. But I think this is really in the forefront, especially after Kobe passing away just several months ago. Uh, My phone hasn't stopped ringing. So we always say, you know, we've always heard the terms, what is a living trust or interchangeably like a family trust? So what is the living trust? A living trust is basically a revocable, amendable legal document that gives you control over your assets during your lifetime and after you pass away. And so I've always gotten the question of why do I need one? Why should I have a trust? So basically the the purpose of uh, one of the reasons why people should have a trust is so that it avoids probate. And so your estate goes, passes through uh, probate if you don't own a trust. And typically those people that need a trust are those who have gross assets over $166,250. Uh, 
Now, Christina, hold on. Let, let's back up a little bit for, for the people who, the lay people who are not very familiar. Now, when we talk about state planning, uh, that means when you pass away, your estate is whatever assets or even debts that you have, correct? Correct. So your estate is everything. It's everything you own and owe at the time of death. Okay. So now a living trust is, is a tool that I can use while I'm still alive to um, have advantage for my state. Is that what it is? So it's a tool that you can draft and have during your lifetime. And it, the, the, there's a couple of forms of trust, but the revocable trust is one that you can actually have and change and amend at any time during your life. Okay. All right. So um, that's one thing. Now, let's say I, if I don't have a state planning. I don't have anything. And if I pass away, what happens? You said going through probate. What does that exactly mean? What happens to my, to my assets What's, if I die and I don't have... Um, let's say I have a will, what happens? Do I, and I don't have a trust, what, what proceeds to happen? So let's back up. So you said probate. What is probate? Probate yeah. is just a fancy term of go, having a court proceeding where the court and the judge who doesn't know you or your family decides what happens to your assets. Now, the probate code is a thick, you know, the code book where the judges have to follow the code. However, you may want to be and you may want to do things outside of the code. For example, you may want to leave it to somebody else. And if you don't have a trust to leave your home to your brother, for example, instead of your kids, the pro when the probate code kicks in, it will go according to the testacy laws. So probate is just a formal proceeding of how your assets get divided. And then you said testacy laws. What does that exactly mean? So if I don't have a will or it will go to my next of kin and that's determined by the law? Yes. So testacy laws in, uh, in every state are different, right? So in California, the probate code decides that and under California intestate laws, success, uh, the succession goes according to the code. So your next of kin would be the one getting it. And there's a couple of, you know, uh, layers. If you have children, your next of kin would be your children. If you didn't have children, then it would go up the chain and uh, to the side of the chain. So it could go up to your parents and to your siblings. Uh, the codes are very specific as to what happens. So if you don't have a will, then the state determines who gets what. The code, yeah. So the will, you mentioned earlier too that what if you just have a will and not a trust? So anybody over the age of 18 um, must have a will and should have a will. Um, the will basically defines everything that you, whatever you wish for. But if you own a home and if your assets are over the threshold in California, which the threshold is $166,250, it is best recommended to have a trust so that you could avoid probate. Now, you typically some attorneys just prepare a will, even when people have homes. But if you have a will and you own assets over the threshold, you will still be forced to go to court. And our purpose, my purpose, is to avoid court in its entirety. And that's where the living trust. And that's where the living trust. Yeah. And uh, one of the benefits is uh, that to avoid probate. Okay. So... I've learned about it. I decided that I want a living trust. Um, can I do it myself? So 
I would highly recommend talking to an attorney at least. Uh, for example, my office offers free consultation. Uh, they, I would highly advise staying away from uh, legal Zoom documents or internet form documents because they could be contradictory. I would highly advise seeking an attorney because after all, there's years of experience and things that, you know, as a lay person, we may or may not understand. And unfortunately, I've gotten those calls where people do it themselves, but they make so many mistakes. Um, and, you know, somebody passes away, then I have to refer them out to a probate attorney and they have to clean up the mess. Okay, so I've done my research. I decided that it's not something I want to do too complicated or I don't want it to come back and bite me in the ass later. Um, I've done my research on attorneys and I decided I'm going with Christina, my friend. So I call you up, I come to your office, I get the consultation, and now we're going to set up our trust. So what do we do? Okay. So when we consult, I discuss and I go into detail about you, yourself, Arash, how unique you are, how you're unique. You have a unique family because none of my trusts are cookie cutter trusts. They're customized and very unique to your family. So we sit down, we discuss, first of all, if you're married, I would have to meet with your significant other, your spouse, and we would, because you would be entitled to a married trust. So what we would do is I would ask you a bunch of questions. I'd get to know your family and I'd explain to you the process and the process is, you know, it's easy, but it's a thorough. So what I would want to know is information about who you want to be your trustees, your executors, who you want to leave your property to, when you want to leave it to your children, if you have children, do you want it at age of 18? One of the things that the probate code does is that it automatically gives your assets to your 18-year-old son or daughter. And some parents definitely don't want that to happen and they want it to go to their children when they're 25 or 30. So doing a trust actually customizes that age uh, factor. So we discussed the importance of having the trust, having the will, having the medical directive and a power of attorney, along with different forms that also come with it. Okay. All right. So we set up our trust. Now, what are the advantages of the trust? Could you explain the technicalities of the trust a little bit more for the listeners and the viewers, please? So like more like the benefits of having a trust versus not having one? Yes, please. Okay. So besides avoiding probate, which could be a long drawn out process, and the ones that I've heard last have taken nine months, I've heard up to two years, and especially with the court closures, uh, it, it's good, it delays a lot of the process. Um, some of the other benefits is that, first of all, it's a confidential document. So what does that mean? That means that you are not in the public and when you hit probate, it's the court filing, which means anybody and everybody can access your information due to the fact that it's filed in the court. So one of the benefits of having a trust is the fact that it's very private and confidential. Some other benefits can include such as avoiding family conflict. So the trust, the beauty of a trust is the fact that you can decide what and how to leave your assets and whom to leave it to. It would avoid, it would, the, the, the goal is for it to avoid family conflict. And you know, you and I both know that anybody and everybody could sue one another, but the goal, one of the goals is to avoid family conflict. And finally, like I mentioned earlier, it's customized. You decide who gets your assets, how much of they do they get, when do they get it, how they can spend it, and so if you don't do that yourself in a trust, well, California is going to do that for you. 
I see. So besides my assets, um, we talked about debts. Do the debts get divided up in, in the trust too? Can I say, I want all my debts to be paid by this person and not this person? Can I do that? So the debts are very specific, but in general, people think that by passing away, there's certain debts that go away with death, but by passing away that your debts go away. And that's not true. Whether you go through probate or an estate plan, your debts will have to be uh, somewhat covered or addressed to before your, uh, the distribution happens. So what debts don't go away if I pass away? Let's say I have credit card debt, a mortgage, a car bill, um, and I borrowed money from my uncle. Okay. And student so, loan. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, student loan is the number one uh, factor. So, um, so you know, generally federal student loans are not passed on to anyone in your family or even in your estate. So, if you die, your federal student loan is instead fully forgiven and is no longer owed or owed by anyone. Um, obviously, proof of death and all that, uh, you know, you would need to provide to your student uh, loan servicer. Some things that are specific to, your, to yourself and not to your community property if you're married can be forgiven. Um, some of those may be some medical debts and whatnot, but most of the things that you've accrued in your lifetime for the benefit of your community and your, your spouses, your wives, or your domestic partners, uh, that would be addressed in the um, estate. So if I incurred a lot of credit card debt and I really don't have assets and I pass away, then my significant other is responsible for all my debt? So honestly, that's going to bleed in a little bit into community property and family law as to who owes what. But if you have an estate, which means you have assets over $166,250,000, then it's presumed that you have assets that could address some of your debts. I see. Okay. All right. And uh, so with the living trust, besides the distribution of my debts and my assets, can I have other things in there like a do not resuscitate order or anything like that? So in your estate plan, now, um, we create also a medical directive and a HIPAA authorization form. And that's where your do not resuscitate and other medical decisions are discussed. So that is that should be included in any comprehensive estate planning. Most uh, some I know some attorneys don't do it. My office does it. We definitely prepare a medical directive, and essentially, a medical directive is another legal document, a tool where you can make those decisions. And um, by law, currently, and uh, you know, I'll get into what discussions COVID uh, has brought up again uh, with doctors and some hospitals, but um, typically doctors take an oath to uh, resuscitate and that's code blue, unless you have a do not resuscitate in your medical directive or a specific form to let the doctors know not to resuscitate you. So that's the beauty of having a medical directive. So the medical directive is a part of a, a complete state planning, not necessarily the living trust. The living trust just address the assets and the debts, correct? Correct. Okay. So besides a living trust, a medical directive, what else do you recommend should be in a comprehensive state planning? So with that, a will should always be present with a trust. 
I know some, you know, there's different uh, ways attorneys practice. Uh, the way I do it is I always, with a trust, I always, always prepare a will and all the other documents because I like to do a comprehensive plan. I don't want you to come to my office every other time doing new documents. So I just give it to you all at once. So will. And if you have a trust, I will do something called, or I'll prepare something called a pour over will. So what is a pour over will? A pour over will is if you have a trust, you will do a pour over will, which is essentially a document that will capture and catch any assets that you accidentally leave out during your life and pour it back over into your trust. So for example, Arash, let's say you have property right now and it's in a living trust. We did your trust. I funded your trust. I recorded the deed under your trust and you go about five, six, seven years and uh, you forget about your trust. But then you and your wife decide to buy additional property and you forget to put that property in the name of your trust. Typically that property would be subjected to probate. However, because, and if you do have a pour over will, that pour over will, will it's a catch all. It will transfer back into your trust so that probate is avoided. I see, I see. You said something about funding my trust. So that brings up a question. We do all the trust, state planning and everything. Funding my trust, does that mean I have to actually go and open up a bank account in my trust's name? So funding the trust, uh, the way uh, I'm using it is the fact that you have to record your deed in the name of your trust. You have to transfer your property from your personal name into you, the name of your trust. Because we're in a title state, right? California is a title state. And the way we know who property belongs to is the fact that who is on title. So the way to avoid probate and the way to avoid and to have a solid trust is to fund your trust. And that means basically an attorney like myself will prepare a deed from your name and last name. And if you hold it in a joint tenancy with your wife, I would transfer both of your names from individual capacity into trustees of your trust. Okay, that's a great answer. That, that brings two questions to mind for me. The first one is, um, again, like my last question, do I actually need a bank account for my trust? So no, typically you do not need a bank account. What I'll do is, um, the, to the extent that I could prepare all the documents, I do. And I, the ones that I can get to is like the county recorder's office for the deed. But what I'll do is I'll give you specific instructions in your estate plan as to what you need to do with your bank accounts. And all you need to do is, uh, hopefully if the banks are, you know, one of the bigger banks, they should know and their legal departments should know is, you take a three or four page document that I prepare, and I flag it for you. you. It's called the certificate of trust. And you take that to your bank and they change the name of your, uh, the way you hold the account. That's assuming that you want all the assets in those bank accounts to go in the terms of your trust. Now, typically married couples hold it, you know, together and that's joint tenancy. And sometimes they have pay on death accounts, which means you can name anybody over the age of 18, hopefully over the age of 18, um, to have access or to get your funds uh, right after your death. So if your assets and you have a lot of money over the threshold and you want it to go to children or grandchildren at a certain day and time, then we would, need, you know, we would instruct you to transfer your bank account into the name of your trust. 
I hope that answers your question. It does. It answers my question perfectly. It, and my other question that I had, and then I, I thought of another one during this, this answer. My other question that I have is, let's say my, my significant other has property and it's their separate property, even though we're married. Mm -hmm. um, they want to put that property in the trust so the beneficiaries of the trust get it once they pass away. But they want it to remain their separate property while they're still alive. Can that be done? Yeah, absolutely. So I know there's different ways to do it. One of the ways that I do it, and uh, I this is the way we've been practicing at my firm, is the fact that I would create a separate property trust for your wife. And what that will do is that will outline the terms of how she wants it to be distributed upon her death. So that gives her the beauty of maintaining it as a separate property, as long as she's maintained it as a separate property. And to go according to the terms of what she'd like. So yes, it could totally be done. That makes sense. Now, you, you said something about the banking accounts while answering my question. It, it brought another question to my mind. Let's say I, I have a bank account um, and usually you would put, put that account in the name of the trust or give it control to the trust with the certificate of trust. But let's say I have a bank account and I want to keep it as my personal bank account until I pass away and then transfer it to the trust. Can I do that as well? So it depends. It de you can't any, if I prepare a trust for a married person, they have to hold title in all their assets jointly. So whether that's a home, that's a bank account, um, any annuities or anything. Um, if it's possible, obviously, like IRAs and annuities are individualized, but they have the uh, qualification of the spouse getting it as well. So now if you have a separate bank account, and if it's truly a separate account, meaning before marriage, prenup, uh, you know, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and you have significant assets, and you'd like it to be distributed according to the terms of whatever you wish and is over the threshold, I'd recommend you doing a separate trust for that. You, some attorneys do bleed it in and put it into the trust and they can do that. It can be done. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I wouldn't do it. I don't do it. And I talk to my clients about why and what not. And it's a very long discussion because it bleeds in over to community property interests and, you know, holding it as separate property and so on and so forth, because you never know if, you know, divorce is a possibility and whatnot. Because if death happens, it'll go according to your wishes. But other than that, um, you know, anything could happen. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, now, where can the viewers and the listeners contact you if they want to talk to you about a trust? We're going to include all that information in, in, in the bio section of, of the podcast, audio version, and in the video version. But where can they find you? So they can always call me. It's a very easy number, 818-900-9-LAW. That's L-A-W. Uh, they could always visit my website at malyanlaw.com. And uh, I have Facebook, Malyanlaw. I have Instagram, Malyanlaw. And uh, my email is christina at malyanlaw.com. I'm always available you know, with a phone call, I'm a phone call away and an email away. Could you spell Malian Law, please? M-A-L-Y-A-N-L-A-W dot com. Awesome. Uh, 
we'll be sure to include all that again for the listeners and the viewers so you guys can contact Christina. She can help you with your trust and your uh, state planning. Christina, I could ask you a bunch of questions and keep you on here for another two, three hours. But I know even though it's, it's the time of life that we never encountered and we have a lot of free time, we still have a lot of things to do. I know you're a busy woman. I appreciate you coming on. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, I wish you and your family health and the best of luck for the remainder of the year. Thank you. Same to you, your family, your loved ones, and your office. I hope you guys are staying safe and staying healthy. Thank you, Christine.